Our lesson for this morning is from the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And we pray. These are your words, dear Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. So every now and again, my wife thinks that I'm responsible enough to kind of leave home alone as she goes off visiting someone with the kids. And, you know, it goes okay at first. But, you know, eventually it happens. You know, I kind of hit the end of the last saltine cracker and have to buckle down and go shopping. And don't get me wrong, I could get by on cheese and crackers a lot. But uh, then when it happens, it's not like I'm like, okay, I'm going to quit go to the grocery store. It's like, well, I kind of put it off. It's like, I got other stuff to do. But then eventually it's like, okay, I got to buckle down and go to the grocery store. And by that time, I'm like really, really hungry. And I think you kind of can figure out how this one ends. It kind of ends with me with a basket with just an egregious amount of gummy bears and trying not to probably make eye contact with people because I got like jalapeno poppers mixed in probably and Cheez-Its and maybe a little bit of lunch meat for sandwiches or something. But usually I think it's kind of a bad idea to go grocery shopping when hungry. You just kind of want to pick out a ton of stuff. And in our lesson a little bit for today, we see that Jesus is kind of exposing some problems with the crowd's hunger. He's showing that, well, they're, well, they have kind of a hunger, but they're not going about it in the right sort of way. They're not understanding where they really find true and lasting satisfaction. They aren't looking. Uh, they're not, not looking for Jesus for the right things and not going about their hunger in the right way. And so just like kind of going to the grocery store hungry, you know, it impacts your choices. Well, they had a kind of hunger, and it certainly impacted their choices in our lesson for today. And I, I hope this gives us an opportunity to explore how we do find true satisfaction. Uh, and though we often, probably today, use more common terms like content and happy. And now before you, you know, start thinking it's too easy, you know, let's do, you know, like they say nowadays, POV, the crowd here, uh, they could have pointed out, hey Jesus, uh, you kind of just fed us a little while ago, miraculously fed us. Isn't it kind of, I mean, why are you picking on us for wanting more where that came from? And, you know, we could think, well, maybe there is something to that. But I think he's showing that they're kind of overly concerned about the physical things, and they're really not concerned as much about the fullness of what Jesus is really trying to give them, the fullness of what he really came to do. But I think this is an important thing to highlight because for Jesus, with the physical and the spiritual, it's not a simple either-or. 
we see it's kind of a both and with this one because he did do an actual miracle for them. He did feed them. But he is showing, well, on the one hand he can do both, but where, where was the crowd's you know, heart kind of at for him? Their satisfaction would be incomplete if they were just looking for Jesus to like help out and solve some physical things. They can just work or do a job to have those things satisfied. Why, why go crowding Jesus for that? But in the end here, I think he is showing he is concerned that they are satisfied. He just wants them to be satisfied in the right way and with the right kind of satisfaction or happiness. Now, he doesn't give a bunch of concrete examples, but I think this kind of gives us some opportunities to explore or consider for ourselves um, how sometimes we maybe go about satisfaction or happiness in the wrong sorts of ways. Uh, one thing I think is that it's really easy for us to do is to fall into self-serving patterns in ways that we think we're going to be happy. That it's easy for our life to think, well, I want this, I need this, I want this to be happy or content, and then we try to just transactionally obtain the things that we think are going to satisfy that. And it can result in us kind of treating people like objects, whether it's like a friend where, well, I am needing this thing from you, I need you to uh, do this or that for me, or a coworker. Or it can even, I think, create a lot of problems in a relationship with a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. If we look to that person as someone who's supposed to make us happy, well, a human being isn't going to quite be able to do that for us. And what's more, it can kind of lead us into patterns of being controlling over people. Or, you know, if we're single, or really with a whole lot of other things too, I mean, it's easy to look at kind of one thing that might be uh, not what we'd want in life and to think that that is a hindrance to our satisfaction, to our happiness. And none of this is to say that a lot of this earthly stuff um, can't be important, generally speaking, or this isn't to say that your happiness now isn't important. I, I think quite the opposite. I think Jesus is concerned about um, the satisfaction and contentment to the crowd. That's why he's pressing them further on this issue. I think if we examine ourselves, and in, in a lot of our sins and difficulties can arise from the starting point of not being content in the right way and, and in the right sort of things, then we do end up being like, me in the grocery store when I'm really hungry. And yeah, then we do want to do a lot of impulse buys, so to speak. And it can take a lot of really unhelpful forms if we're, we don't find that sort of God-given contentment. I mean, think about something even like drug abuse. I mean, isn't that a lot of it is uh, finding our lives in a discontented sort of situation? Or, you know, even, you know, to be candid, even about uh, some relationship things. If, if we're not content, if we're insecure, if we don't value ourselves, I mean, we could end up in all sorts of bad relationships. I mean, s someone could be um, abused or someone could be coerced into sex um, and not want to say no 
because a fear of losing that relationship, that connection, potentially feeling like, oh, am I going to miss out on happiness with that? And of course, that's not to excuse one coercing by any stretch either. But I, but I think when it comes right down to it, there, there are ways where, you know, think about grades too. I mean, if we find our security there, well, then when the going gets tough, it, it can be a little more tempting to cheat. Or if we don't have a correct love of ourselves given by God, it can lead to, lead to things like self-harm or, or even despising ourselves. So, yeah, this is a really big concern for us, our, our contentment, our satisfaction, even in the right here and now. But it's important to, to come in the right way. You know, Jesus came down from heaven and he wanted this group that he's talking to to be satisfied in the right way. Of course, he fed them the physical things earlier, but he's pushing them now to realize the, the need and importance of eternal things with eternal life. I think it's really helpful how he phrases things about this food. He says specifically, it endures to eternal life. And that helps bridge the gap between now and eternal life. It's not just something far off. It's something that begins now and endures. It's in our relationship with Jesus and a faith relationship that he creates in us where we have satisfaction now in him, but something to look forward to even in eternal life. Another thing I better clear up is he talks about um, working or, or laboring for this sort of thing. And it could sound like, is this something we have to do to accomplish eternal life? But it's really better to see him using this talk about labor as like ironic or almost like you'd put a winking emoji by it. Because in this whole context, he's saying how he is the manna, like the manna that came down from heaven. And, it, and he's always throughout this section referencing this Old Testament account where God's people were wandering in the wilderness and he miraculously provided food down from heaven to take care of them. They didn't go out and work for that food. They just opened the door and grabbed the food. It's not like they're contributing to it. And so also with our bread of life, Jesus, who's come down from heaven, he came down freely to satisfy us and, and do so much for us. He uh, made himself a satisfaction for our sins and our guilt and our fault and everything on the cross, satisfying everything that we've done wrong to take it away so that by the cross we know we are in a right relationship with God. He rose again to show that happiness doesn't have to be something just that comes and goes, but that he is our bread that endures not just as something now, but something that our relationship with him endures to eternal life even. Just as he rose, we know we have a resurrection thanks to him. So yeah, for him, contentment, satisfaction, happiness aren't an either-or. But he wants us to have it in the right way, in the way that we really receive it and have it. And maybe we don't talk about happiness too much uh, or contentment, um, but I think this lesson does really help us. I hope we walk away knowing at least that, that Jesus does want you to be happy and content. I don't think it has to be an earth-shattering statement, but you know, I think when we're kind of down, I think it is. And that helps to know he 
He wants us to be happy and content in, in the true way that he gives it. I think we don't really have the time to explore or examine a lot of concrete things in, in, in your life, but I, I'd encourage you to think about that today, the different ways that uh, we have, that, that you have contentment and happiness, not just in the things of this life that come and go, but in the giver, the one who gives us important things now, yes, but gives us, most importantly, eternal life in heaven for, for free through Jesus. He did so much, as we think about this Lenten season, so much that he had you in mind, your contentment, your satisfaction. He wants and he does feed you so that you're content now. And day by day, he keeps bringing that to you until at last he brings us home to heaven. Amen. Uh, please rise for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, brighten our hearts with your heavenly joy in Christ. Grant that his saving work gives us contentment now as we look forward to even more in eternal life by your grace. Amen. now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.